to the rap lab. Walk, walk, walk to the rap lab. gentlemen it's sunday so you know what that means it's all new episode of the rap lab podcast it's your boy the candy man the alfre to the d it's your boy ain't no father like me it's the rev barber mc and it's the one and only true g just call me the qg and before we jump into today's topic with our special guest a couple of announcements again get your rap lab merch at teespring.com slash rap lab uh, we got the old school Rap Lab logo up there. The new one is coming. And then we got the Rev Barber signature line. And we got the True G QG signature line. The Candyman signature line is coming through soon. So uh, make sure y'all support. If y'all like what y'all hear here, then um, absolutely put the logo uh, on on whatever you like to wear. and Rock it around town and have people ask you about that. Also... Uh, June 25th through the 27th. I know we is like beating a dead horse by now, but we got to advertise it because we're going to be there. Uh, myself, Rev, and even Tio going to be in Atlantic City representing the Rap Lab podcast at the Boardwalk Buds convention. So uh, as you can ever, as you can tell by the name, it's a herbal convention. So, you know, come by, get high, and say hi, and come hang out with us. So, and without further ado, we're going to get into today's interview. Ladies and gentlemen, Rap Lab Nation, we got a special guest in the building. Joining us right now is Philadelphia's own IQ. IQ, thank you for stopping by the lab, bro. It's good, y'all. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I'll clap welcome, with y'all. Yeah. Yeah, got to get a round of applause for the guest. Man, welcome, sir. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? What's up, bro? Absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you. And, um... Um, Mr. Rev Barber, since, um, you got us to connect, I'll, I'll let you, uh, start everything off. So you may have the floor, sir. Yes, sir. This is my guy. As you said, Philadelphia's own IQ, man, if y'all ain't get up on his music, y'all have to get up on his music. I'm honored to not only call this dude 
a brother, but a dope, dope, dope MC. And y'all search iTunes that piff. It's AI dash Q U E. All right, all right. And um, so I, I guess I, I'll, I'll start things off first. Um, IQ, um, the, gen- the general question, um, what what made you want to rap in the first place? Yo, so um, it's crazy. Um, I was like in high school. Nah, I'm lying. It's weird. Like, so I never really wanted to rap, but I always could low key. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I think like, um, like when I started writing raps for real was like high school. And that's just because like, dudes at school were battling. You feel me? And it was like, I could battle. I'm doing all this shit off top, killing y'all. You know what I mean? Like, and then it was like, all right, let me write some raps. And then like, it was like, murder ain't getting fucking whoever they were beefing with. Like, niggas in the school had started, like, completely two separate rap crews or whatever, and we had, like, rap beef or whatever, you know what I'm saying, for no reason. But uh, that's kind of where it started. And then um, I just always worked worked from there. Like, I just wanted to be dope at that point. It was like, even still, I never really wanted to, like, I didn't want to rap for real as, like, a career until I came home from school and was, like, fuck working for people. You know what I'm saying? My bad. Can I cuss on this, John? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, you can do that. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, you know what I'm saying? Fuck working for people, dog. I'm not. I'm not with this shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm a just. I'm a rat. And like, uh, yeah, that's that's where we at. Years later. <laughs> uh, okay. Awesome. Um, I could jump in with my question. Looking at the scene of Philly, there are many styles and forms of Philly rap. So, what makes your right. style different from a Black Thought or a Beanie Siegel or a Meek Mill? What separates you from how they rap? Um, I mean, it's really about like individual craftsmanship. You get what I'm saying? Like, uh, when you look at like Philly, like, and everybody, niggas in this industry say, we got the most rappers here. You know what I'm saying? And everybody can rap for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it, it just, it's like, it comes down to like preference and like pizza. You know what I'm saying? It's like the, the analogy would be like pizza. Like, there's a million pizza shops. You know what I'm saying? Why do you go to that pizza shop versus the other? Sometimes you go to both because they both got good pizza. These niggas right. put a little extra sauce on it. These niggas got more cheese. These niggas sprinkle garlic on the crust. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's like, uh, because we could all do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I've been around uh, Black Thought, like, extensively to a point. You know what I'm saying? And, like, even, like, Truck North, like, seems, like, Philly MCs, like, it's all a matter of, like, we could all do the same shit. Like, the, the elites, like, the good ones, we all do the same shit. It's just right. a matter of how we do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, like, from that personal standpoint, I think, like, the difference between it, like, the highlight, like, Beans and, and, and Reek, like, they're both from South Philly. You get what I'm saying? So, like, right. that could contribute to why they rhyme and flow the way they do. You know what I'm saying? Or why their 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 words or whatever because like but at the same time they're at two different parts of south philly where like 
he went to a performing arts school. You get what I'm saying? Beans didn't. Like, yeah. So now we see right. like a different level of craftsmanship there. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a matter of like, it's just individual craftsmanship, I think, at that point. Great analogy. When it like comes that. to style. Yeah. Yeah. All different sorts of flavors and toppings on that pizza. So absolutely. <laughs> Dope. So I'm gonna share a personal story and um gonna educate <laughs> on how on how we met. So um yeah, you could jump in whenever, but um at the time I you know, I mean I still do play a lot of Madden and I'm one of those guys I like to do the uh the franchise mode. So always been a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan and I was always kind of enamored by the stadium, by Lincoln Financial Field. I know they had the veteran stadium, they closed that down in the early nineties, but when I was old enough, I took a trip out there at the time I was with my ex-girlfriend. And the main point of the trip was for me to go see the stadium up front. And it wasn't the season. It was the off season, But I just wanted to see the structure of it and everything. So at the time, I'm looking for a little bit of green, you know, smoke my shit. And um, I didn't know nobody in Philadelphia. So I was just like, hey, best place to go is the mall, you know, like. Just pick somebody out and just ask a question. Worst comes to worst, I'm in the same position that I already started in. So I see this tall guy with dreadlocks working in a Foot Locker, and he seemed pretty diligent. He was helping, you know, all the people and the customers and stuff. And I just liked his vibe from, like, afar. So when I stepped to him, I just told him, hey, uh, you know, I got my shorty over here. We're looking for some bud. And Kev, you know, he didn't know me from a hole in the wall or IQ. He didn't know me from a hole in the wall. And he just led me to the right place, man. And he helped me out you know, <laughs> later that night. <laughs> Got me to the right people, right place and all that. So uh, I just wanted to ask, you know, what made you take a chance on on a stranger, on a, on an out-of-towner like me? Yo, you know what's crazy? Like, at first it was just like, all right, there's no way he's a cop. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was <laughs> the first thing I thought. I'm like, is he? Is this nigga a cop? Like, did he just ask me? It's like, no, nah, there's no way he's a cop, dog. And I'm like, yo, um, I mean, I feel like anybody that was that genuine enough to just ask, you know what I'm saying, and like earnestly want to know, was like a good person. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I just kind of judge the character off rip. I'm like, that's pretty good. Really, that's he's pretty probably good. A, you know what I'm saying? He's probably a really good guy because, like, Philly's one of those cities, dog. Like, you're not, like, you're not going to just randomly be able to ask, like, yo, where can I get some butt? And, like, know that, like, you're going to be able to procure that shit safely. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it was, like, the fact that he was, like, in the gallery, which at the time is, like, the mall in Philly, you know what I'm saying? It still is. They reopened it. But, like, it's, like, people everywhere, you know what I'm saying? The full locker I worked at was like a busy-ass job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, alright, this dude is genuinely in from out of town trying to buy weed and shit, you know what I'm saying? Let me fucking help him out. You just so happen to be like staying uptown too. That was the crazy shit. Like, I think like if you were anywhere else in the city, like, if you, I don't know if you remember where y'all stayed, but where you stayed at, like, that's just only like, 10 minutes from my crib you know what i'm saying so like right. it was one of those things where it's like all right if it wasn't convenient i wouldn't do it you know what i mean but like he's a good guy 
I got them. Because <laughs> I didn't necessarily make any bread off of it. I put, like, my yeah. young Like, you know? Like, yo, give me some of this. I got something for you. You know? The, 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 the fact that, that E went into a footlocker to ask for Bud is... I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here surprised because I wouldn't have the heart to do that. I'm saying? You, you know, <laughs> what a story. Do some shit like that is like genuinely looking for weed, you know what I'm saying? And the fact and the fact that you said that your Foot Locker is busy, that means that man waited to get your attention. I did. Definitely, he definitely <laughs> waited. It was like stand there because I didn't even think about it. Like he was like he was like yo, you know, he was helping the customers and shit. And it was like, yeah, how the fuck does he remember? Like no, nah, but like he was standing there for a little bit, and then yeah. like when I went to the front of the store and I was just chilling, we got a break. He walked up like yo, my man, and I'm like. <laughs> it was like, alright, for real? Like, I'm at work, bro. Like, but I got you. And then, like, what was even crazier, he's leaving out the part of, like, how, like, the butt probably wasn't even that great. Like, because I remember asking him, he was like, he was like, it was cool, it was whatever. I mean, you know, it wasn't, like, I got better shit back home, but you came through in the clutch. But yeah. then, like, he called me, he would hit me like, after he went back to New York, he would randomly hit me just to check in with me, like. That's really cool. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, really yo, the fuck? Like, it was weird, because at first, like, you know what I'm saying? Even though we say, like, city of brotherly love, like, if you do some shit like that, you ain't necessarily gonna make a friend for life off of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's not like, be- let me tell you about my best friend after that. So it's like... <laughs> But like, uh, like it was just crazy because he was just y'all know because y'all work with him. He's just like the type of dude he was. It's just like yo, how do you like deny somebody genuinely showing love and just you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like you don't. Yeah, you don't. So, so let me ask you. I know, I know. Q had asked you earlier um, about about the different artists and what makes you different. But let me ask you. So, like, you come from Philly. So we know Black Thought, Fresh Prince, Eve, Beanie Siegel, Meek Mill. Like, do 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 you get? In, were you inspired by any of them, or do you like borrow any of like anything you hear or see from them and incorporate it into your own? Yeah, I think like like so like Eve, not so much because, and I mean, we'll call that sexism for what it is. You know what I'm saying, like. I didn't necessarily all the way get into these raps, but like as men, as a man, I don't necessarily identify with a woman's voice right away, like rapping. Like if she's like, you know what I'm saying? Like I have to really get into the artist, like and listen to what she's saying. You know what I'm saying? And like at the time, like when Eve was popping, it was like there was so much other shit. Like it wasn't like like I appreciated Eve shit for what it was. But, like, I can't really say, like, anything from Eve, but I will say, like, Black Thought directly, like, his his shit was, like, how do you write the best verse of your life every single time? You get what I'm saying? Right. And, like, and, like, essentially that's what I try to do. You know what I'm saying? I try and make sure that, like, and it's never the first draft. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that's more so, like, via like direct association and like being around like the crew and like will smith you look at like like will i don't know if everybody understands like the fucking 
like Will shit started as like he was a house party MC. You get what I'm saying? And he would like rock house parties. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like Philly's house parties are legendary shit. Like we've had them our entire life. I mean, I don't know that the kids do them now so much anymore. You know what I'm saying? But like when I was a young boy, like dollar parties were a thing. You get what I'm saying? Like so. Like, his shit is just, like, his showmanship. You know what I'm saying? Like, both of them are great showmen. But, like, specifically, like, like, you could, like, from Reek, you could, like, you could take from him that he's just, like, going to write a very strong verse. Every single bar is going to mean something. You know what I'm saying? Will is going to give you a great show. You know what I'm saying? He's going to engage you. So I think, like, that personality and that direct engagement and how you, you like essentially rock a crowd like you know what i'm saying you get you can't help but be directly inspired by greats when you see them and try and incorporate them you know what i'm saying i remember playing uh my first show at the trocadero down here like the night before or whatever i went up to see kendrick at highline you know what i'm saying and awesome. like you know what i'm saying knowing that i was going to be directly inspired by certain shit that he did on stage, you know what I'm saying? Because especially trying to, to make a live show better, like you don't necessarily know what like those artists go, what those artists put into their work when they're like in a booth, you know what I'm saying? Working on shit or like recording, but like you see the outcome of it, you know what I'm saying? You see the result on stage or on the video or like wherever. You know, so it's like, I think like that's the biggest thing. And like, you know, Philly, like our reputation is like, we have to rap. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Like, we have to be able to rap. Like, if you tell somebody that you rap and you're from Philly, you got to be dope. And that's just like, you interpret it how you interpret it. You know what I'm saying? But like, right. you just know you got to be dope. <laughs> Cause there's I like that. No, absolutely. D, you know what I'm saying? Ah, uh, the, the PSK. Scary. Nobody talks about that. <laughs> Nobody oh, mentions that record. Like, you know what I mean? That, back to fucking PSK. Like, like I still ride around and randomly listen to that shit, dog. Like, I can't. Like, it's the shit. And and to follow up, um, I feel like because uh, you said Will Smith gives a great show, and I feel like you know a lot of people especially those from philly because when he came out and was doing music before he did acting a lot of people from philly like looked down on him because you know he didn't curse the music was clean right right but, right. but, but i respect that you acknowledge that he was a, a great showman and that's and you know he he was the first rapper to win a grammy so that Doug, guy, and, that gotta count for and something. not only that like i was five years old like my pop used to hate it like god rest my pop soul like i know he hated it though and like he'll laugh about it like he would pick me up on the weekends and shit, and he'd be like, what do you want to listen to? And I wanted to listen to the Fresh Prince. You get what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and, like, yo, like, my pop is the reason that, like, low-key I rap. Like, I was five years old when he asked me if I could freestyle. Like, and he knew that, like, my only exposure that I got to hip-hop was with him, for real. Because, like, my mom wasn't going to let her son listen to that shit. Like, moms in the 90s weren't really... Like, some of them were cool, but, like, my mom wasn't one of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, she enjoyed music and shit, but, like, she very, she, like, heavily censored what I was able to ingest. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, she, 
figured I was like that influential that like I was gonna listen to Tupac and go grab a gun or something. I don't know, but like that's just what it was. So like my pop like introduced me to that shit, and like he had like everything, literally everything. I still got the cassettes from Public. Like he introduced me to Public Enemy. Like any love for '90s hip hop that I have, DOC, Chronic, N.W.A all the West Coast shit. Like, my pop was an extensive hip-hop fan. It didn't matter where, what region or what. If it was dope, he fucked with it. You know what I'm saying? So, like... Good choices. Good choices in selection, man. Yeah, you yeah, know what I'm saying? So, so it was, like, a situation where, like... Like, he introduced me to Fresh Prince. My pop introduced me to The Roots. You know what I'm saying? Like, like playing Never Do on, on cassette. You know what I'm saying? So, it was, like that type of situation it was that shit it was all of like that direct influence of recognizing that like okay even if will smith didn't curse even if he didn't curse he puts together words very well you get what yes. i'm saying yes, like yep. nigga correct it just because he doesn't like and it shows more it shows and like even still like when i first started rapping i didn't curse you get what i'm saying i mean keep it all the way a buck like i didn't curse and that was like a direct influence from like one, Will Smith, and two, my mom came to one of my early shows and was like, why are you cursing so much? Like, <laughs> it was like, and basically, same story that he had, like, with his grandma or whoever, like, why are you cursing so much? Like, if yes, you know how to was. use words, it was his you grandma. can get your, yeah, you get what I'm saying? You can get that point across without cursing. And my mom said that shit to me, and it was like, I, I stopped cursing. Eventually got to a point, it was like, man, fuck it. Like, everybody knows I can rap without curse words. Nothing gets to emphasis across like a curse word sometimes you get what i'm saying so like but like yeah that was the direct influence all of that was like there and like strong so like that is dope that is really dope i i also noticed something in your music you challenge the narratives and you use history as your evidence right. so right. have you always been into history growing up and if so why is it important to your repertoire as a rapper to use history? Damn, that's a good question. You really listen. Yes, um, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, I went to school to be a teacher. Like, I went to school to be an English and history teacher. And I think, awesome. like, what, like, uh, what the switch was in high school, I had a history teacher. Actually, like, all of my history teachers in high school were legit except for one. You know what I'm saying? And that was, like, old white dudes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Of course, you hate the fucking scholarly black kids and shit that talk yeah. back to you and sag their pants and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you hate it. But, like, all of the other ones were, like, legit history teachers that were, like, invested in, like, connecting with their students. And especially me. And it kind of, like, just made me want to, like, and my pop was always, it, like, started with my pop, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, my pop, like, really instilled, like, yo, you're you're a black man in the 90s. Like, I was a kid, but he was like, you're going to be a black man. You know what I'm saying? You got to understand how the world operates. And he was heavy pro-black. Like, so it was heavy on the literature. Like, you know what I'm saying? We paid attention to the point where, like, it got to the point where in high school, I was like, all right, I want to be a teacher. What do I want to teach? I wanted to teach English and history. And I went to a black school because, like, going to high school with white people, they don't even teach you your history for real. You know what I'm saying? And right. 
the reality of the situation is, is like history is always told from the victor's viewpoint. So at the end of the day, you're getting half of a story and it's influencing how we view the world, how we view ourselves. And like a lot of that needs to be unlearned and relearned in a different direction. You know what I'm saying? Correct. So like that's, it's, it's like that's what it stems from. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I I think history is the most important. History is the most important aspect of American culture because America doesn't even have a full history. You know what I'm saying? How you can I trace, agree. Word. You can trace Europe. You can trace Africa. You can trace all of the other continents back billions and billions and billions of years. You know what I'm saying? America is the only one you can't, and that's because of revisionist history and directly because America's young as shit in terms of the modern world. You know what I'm saying? So like once once they got here and once they started killing the natives and bringing black people over in slave boats and like completely revamping land, chopping down trees, mining for gold and building shit up, it's like the the history gets wiped because they don't want to be reminded of the shit that they did. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, we still need to know because we have an innate attuned we're innately attuned with the universe and with the world it's why we operate on the rhythm and the frequencies that we do you know what i'm saying it's why we see things and like kids don't recognize that shit and like people don't recognize that shit it's not even just kids it's like everybody like the majority of us don't have that realization that like we're looking at shit like america is young as shit you know what i'm saying like 1776 is when they consider the birth of this country but like the reality of the situation is is because like they hardly kept records from the 1600 from 1620 when they got here and started murdering people so it's like mm-hmm. true and, that's and a kind of and that's kind of what the thing is i think it's interesting too cuz when you look at it like white people are like huge consumers of hip hop you know what i'm saying <laughs> so yeah. it attributes to the yeah. sales yeah and it it like the like them having to come to terms with like they just like good music because like you know, like if you ask any like white person that's like that has like a real affinity for hip hop like it started in the nineties you get what I'm saying and it's and it it's not directly associated with with our relationship to the culture or to the music like it just started with the nineties with the shit that made them feel good you know what I'm saying so like the the fact that they also kind of don't sit with these truths and like just like put it in the music, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, Correct. Because you're gonna you're gonna have to listen to it. You're gonna like it because the shit jams. It's a good beat. I got good beat selection. You know what I'm saying? So you're gonna <laughs> listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing that's gonna resonate more with with somebody's ear than listening to the good beat and then. When you got the lyrics that go with it, you can capture two markets. You got people that just like the way it sounds, and you got people that really sit and pay attention to what you're saying. So it works on both accords. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And like, I think like it's it's important. Like, even if you look at the history of the culture, or history of hip hop, like like the the purpose of the MC outside of rocking a party, you know what I'm saying? Once they started putting shit on wax, was to tell the story to to share the narrative. You know what I'm saying? Like, the commercialization of it kind of fucked it up. But at one point, it was, like, story-based. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of how you looked at it, like, 
going back to like the freaks come out at night. You know what I'm saying? Like mm, Houdini, of, okay. You know what I'm saying? All <laughs> of that shit is story based. You think about like the original culture and like that the actual culture of what like the MC's job was. It was like it was supposed we're supposed to be here telling these stories regardless of how we tell it. We're supposed to be expressing ideas for people to understand what to do, what not to do. We're, we're, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I mean, that's that's just kind of like where it, where it comes from. Like, all of, all of that and all of that encompasses into like me writing and trying to low-key write like reference pieces. You know what I'm saying? For yeah. fucking uh, fucking uh, rap music and shit. Like that. Like that. Word. So, knowing you behind the scenes... I could just say, honestly, before Meek even came out with Mr. Philadelphia, I feel like IQ was Mr. Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) Everywhere we go, somebody always acknowledging him. And it was like genuine love, even if it was about like sports, meeting up at a bar or importantly, what I wanted to get into is the gathering. My man hosts the longest running hip hop um, collective in Philadelphia and I've been behind the scenes with this guy, and he works, man. He puts his heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears into the gathering, man. Right. It's, it's. I, I, I stay there for like two or three days, and I'm there like a day before the event. But I know this takes months sometimes of preparation for certain artists, certain things that they do there. So, IQ, if you want to just shine a little light on what the gathering is and what it is that you do. Yeah, so uh, that's dope. The Gathering is uh, the longest running, like he said, the longest running. It, it's a collective. It's a jam. You know what I'm saying? At this point, we're an organization, so it's like the longest running hip-hop jam collective organization in Philly. It started in 96 uh, by Sarah Green, who is like the OG. You know what I'm saying? I got involved via Eve, who got involved shortly after her. When I came home from school uh, in 2008, 2009, at the end of 2010, he asked me to be on the board and then, like, kind of, like, just transitioned into, like, a co-director type of role where, like, really it's about, like, and I wish we had more. Like, you know what I'm saying? I wish we could do more. Like, it's all volunteer shit all from the muscle and like really what it is 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 a gym that we do every last Thursday that's like community based we have like there's been times where we've had like expungement uh, clinics at the John let vendors come out we do b-boy battles um, because it's really a b-boy jam that is like we break for our open mic and it's to keep the culture alive and present like the original like elements of the culture like is to keep it together so people understand the context and the history of why we are where we are why we do things and also because like people deserve to celebrate the culture however they do it's crazy now because uh b-boying is in the olympics and um like you know what i'm saying box one who is like a resident gathering a b-boy he's on the olympic committee like like the b-boy olympic committee he's also like on the monster energy b-boy team like millions of world championships or whatever, just legendary bull. But like, 
like I met Box at the gathering. You get what I'm saying? And like our story between me and him is like he was smoking everybody in Philly. You get what I'm saying? Like high key, like at these battles, smoking everybody. And he was mm. getting he was getting frustrated because it was like he was getting snubbed. Some of the shit would be favoritism with the judges at the end. Some of the other shit, he was like, I'm over battling. Fuck it. And I'm like, bro, you need to just get on a plane. You get what I'm saying? Like, you need to get on a plane, go overseas, go smoke all them European niggas that aren't as nice as they think they are. And, you know what I'm saying? Solidify yourself at this point. And it sucks that we have to do that, but, like, Philly's got a great hip-hop scene, dance scene also, but, like, we're not a global market. You get what I'm saying? So, like, even with and instances like me, people are telling me, like, yo, you need to move out for a little bit and go plant your roots somewhere else just to build traction. And it's, like, because, like, Philly doesn't necessarily have an industry for a lot of things. So, like, a lot of the people that are super talented in Philly end up leaving to go do business elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with him. Like, you know what I'm saying? He went... He starts smoking people over there, ends up getting a residency, lived in Europe for a minute, comes back and, like, smokes people here. He gets picked up by on the Monster Sponsorship. So it's, like, shit like that cultivated. Like, I would have never met Box. Box would have never fucking... He probably would have eventually, or maybe not. You know what I'm saying? But, like, like that. But him having somewhere to jam and smoke people every month, you get what I'm saying? Like, platform just for because it. he was... You get what I'm saying? Just because he was dope. Like, our open mic, like, some of the MCs that I'm linked up with now, I've met at the open mic. You get what I'm saying? Just because. Like, so it's just, like, it's one of those organizations and events where, like, you know what I mean? You don't necessarily choose it. It chooses you. I never necessarily thought that I was going to be involved with it this deep at, what, like, 12 years now. You get what I'm saying? Or 11 You know what I'm saying? But, like, I love the culture. And, like, if you love the culture, you can't have but not love the gathering or be a part of it. And it's like really about instilling the values of the culture to the community. You know what I'm saying? Because like a lot of times we forget that shit. Like yeah. people don't operate the same. And it's like, we need that love for real, for real. It's all love. It's an event, whether it's tough love, like you getting smoked in the battle or genuine love, people like telling you how good you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's still all love. And that's like really what the focus is. And if I could jump in, you know, I think it's super important that also that kids are actually allowed to come in there. And I've been there where I've seen kids staring at the stage and watching these guys dance and watching them MC. You know, it's an influence that they need, too, because, you know, they have big dreams and and big creative minds. I see them seeing themselves up on that stage wanting to do that, you know. Right. And those dreams need to be nurtured and like. People's dreams, like, creative talents and dreams need to be nurtured. And it's, like, like there needs to be some, either, like, an incubator. Like, there's the only reason I'm as dope as I am is because I basically went through the gauntlet of rhyming at the gathering. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, and having to battle motherfuckers that were, like, way nicer than me. And not necessarily on stage battles, but, like, cypher, like, intimate, like, you know what I'm saying, face-to-face battles and shit. You know what I'm saying? On some real shit. Yeah, so oh, it's yeah. like, yeah. That's, so it's, it's that experience like, that helps you and, and nurtures you. Right. You as a rapper. Right. Like, having somewhere to practice my stage presence every month, you know what I'm saying, is part of the reason why I'm so dope on stage now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. the little things like that. So, like, 
that's kind of where that's what the gathering is. It's, it's like an incubator for talent. It's a it's a jam. It's a it's a fucking it's a refuge. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's like Thanksgiving dinner every fucking month. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of what it boils down to. Because you you leave feeling nourished. You leave feeling good. You see your friends that you haven't seen in forever. I'm excited to host the first one after like quarantine when we're allowed. They're talking like the end of the year, but oh, that's gonna be I mean, that's gonna be good. Yeah, that's like that's what really, and that's where like soon as I understand like what day we could do it and like how guidelines and shit are gonna be affected, that's when like I could accurately plan. We tried to, we were gonna try to do a, a like a panel discussion or like a movie showing or some shit like that but it, like via zoom but it just would have been too much like to try and organize and like it's like at the end of the day it's like we're really like a live event you know what i'm saying and like people want to come jam and they want to dance and they want to rap and they want to listen to a dj you know what i'm saying so it's like that's kind of like that's the importance of like the event and the gathering, you know what I'm saying? People look forward to that shit every month. Hundred percent. Cool, cool. Let me ask you this question, um, because you know sometimes part of a rapper is not is not necessarily what you say on wax or or the songs you make, but it's in the name. So what what moved you to pick the name IQ? And did you have any other rap names before you settled on this one? And if somebody asks you, who is IQ? Yeah, so IQ is actually uh, IQ is a childhood nickname, actually, like from like the homies, like it was our clique, it was our crew, uh, KPA and shit, and you know what I'm saying, uh, IQ was like the name that like I ended up with. I was originally when I was a kid, I was IQ the evil genius, you know what I'm saying, because it was like about. The shit we were getting into, like, if we were coming up or doing something kind of crazy or whatever that we shouldn't necessarily be doing, like, I nine times out of ten, like, had hatched the plan. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's where it literally stemmed from. And then it was, like, at the same time I had homies, like, the rap shit that I was doing in, in high school in Jersey with the homies, I was David Blue, and that was from a completely separate situation. But, like, IQ was more about who I was and like it attributed to like always thinking and adapting to concepts and and being innovative. So it turned into a situation where like IQ that it was originally IQ the MC and then I just shortened it, which is why it's still IQ the MC.com and all that shit. And I just shortened it to IQ because people don't necessarily like. IQ the MC felt cheesy after a certain point. I ain't going front. Like, it just kind of like, it's like, all right, people know what you do. You don't have to title yourself. You know what I'm saying? IQ the MC. Like, day one fans know what the fuck time it is. But at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? So, so is, that, is that how IQ McBoogie came about? Yeah, so IQ McBoogie came about as, like, an alias. Like, on, like, a record we were doing, uh... We were doing, I forgot what record we were doing. Um, and, like, essentially it became an alias. You know what I'm saying? And 
is the same way like uh like you would get into like an outcast album and and big boy will run through all of his aliases like big boy aka sir lucius left foot aka right, Daddy Fat right. Jack, AKA, you know what i'm saying it was essentially just an alias it was like a persona of like who i was you know what i'm saying because i'm multifaceted and shit and like it was just one aspect of it and i think it was kind of it deserved its own Right, like IQ McBoogie, like deserves his own person and his own flaws and like his own identification because of the the, the subject matter and who he was to a degree. It was all IQ, but like it was it was that was the goal of IQ McBoogie and shit. And like uh, it was supposed to be actually like and like the shit that got uh, that I ended up putting out last year was supposed to be part of like uh, M- Mr. McBoogie EP essentially. You know what I'm saying? Which was a couple joints. That was going to be a visual album, but, you know, Corona happened. I ended up just putting the song out anyway because Jack the Ripper is a banger to me. And, um, yeah, just up from there. Awesome. Yeah, that's dope, man. And, and, it's, and it's also Humble Beginnings, which is, which is great to uh, look back and see the journey that, you, that you've come. Right, right. I think it's important that, like, people embody their names, you know what I'm saying? I'm actually from, like, the era where your rap name met something it wasn't like your gamer tag you feel what I'm saying so right like, right that so like cool. it was it was definitely and the fact that it's not like just something I just made up for myself like no that was literally day one homies that's my name on the block you get what I'm saying yeah so. yeah <laughs> that is cool man um on your Sunrise mixtape the uh the song Trading Places is it when I heard it, it, it's reminiscent of the of uh, the Far Side, the the record running. And right, you, right. Mentioned, you mentioned earlier about the West Coast and an influence of that. So, um, did the Far Side play a direct influence? And that signature sound with that production is that your favorite style to rap over? Um, I think it's. I'll, I'll answer backwards the front. Like, so I think it's probably like my one of my. It's one of my my defaults because it's like what I do easiest. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think like it's just kind of easy to default to that. So like, it's not necessarily my favorite, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, it's like, yeah, that's my default essentially. Uh, like running was cool because doing that John, like, yeah, the far side definitely influenced me to a degree because they're the first dudes I really remember doing like, I don't want to call it like alt rap, you know what I'm saying? But it, it just wasn't, it didn't sound like the other West Coast shit. I was yeah, listening to it. It was different. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? So, and like, it's still, like, the storytelling was still there. They were still dope, still lyrical, you know what I'm saying? But it was coming from a completely different, like, if I had to contribute to something, it was like the dudes that didn't get into the trouble, like, they needed rap music too. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's kind of what it boiled down to so like yeah especially with that um i think because like after i did the research at the time and i found out jd made that it was kind of right. like yes yes jd yeah it I'm, was kind of like yeah i think like you know what i'm saying it's like it was one of the things like well yeah well Zilla, yeah you know what i'm saying like any mm-hmm. like you want Anytime you put 
like out of mixtape, I feel like as a hip hop dude, like yeah, like rippity rap dudes like run Dilla Dilla beats into the ground. I think so. Like that's why I wanted like a Dilla record that was like obviously a Dilla record, but not like something that everybody did that you could kind of create the vibe. You know what I'm saying? Um, And like yeah, that's kind of like what they were. You know what I'm saying? Like their rap was fun. Labine, California. You know what I'm saying? That's a banger. I'm probably after we get done, I'll probably turn gangster rap Sundays into like I don't know what the job like hip hop. I like you don't want to just call it hip hop, but it's like you know what I'm saying. But essentially, that's what it was. It was, it was West Coast hip hop. It was like that other that other aspect. Like so. Yeah, correct. Dope. So you released the American Dream in 2018. You want to share just the science behind that album? Yeah. Uh, it's like what I kind of what I'm. I'm saying like I'm, I'm disappointed that I didn't really get to do like a complete rollout and all that stuff because my pop had died September 2017, like as I was like wrapping up writing and starting to record. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so I finished the process like through his death, and I was like, I'm gonna get this out because like my pop was a huge fan. Of my shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, That's good. Also, part of it, like him being directly influenced, but like at the end of the day, the, my pop was my litmus test. You get what I'm saying? Like, if I wrote a record, it was like, would my pop fuck with this joint? And you know what I'm saying? Because he was like, he was a fair hip hop critic. You know what I'm saying? Didn't necessarily like mumble rap shit. Even like, cause like they ain't saying shit. But if you saying something, like he wanted to listen. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like. That was the jump. So, like, the science behind it was kind of just to, like, I wanted to put out a project that had a, like, range of joints on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, like, showed that I had range. You get what I'm saying? For one, and two, to show that, like, to really, like, a try to apply like the logic of if I take like traditional hip hop fundamentals of like lyricism, flow and like penmanship and put them on like new age beats you know what I'm saying what would I get you know what I'm saying what could I do with that because I think like with the frustration for me was like producers were sending me beats they're just flooding my inbox with like boom bap john sample based shit it's like in the 70s 80s you know what i'm saying typical shit it wasn't even like coke rap beats you get what i'm saying it was just all the shit that like people like you know what i'm saying and it was like part of the issue was all right this is what y'all know but there's like a whole nother aspect to who i am like yeah I carry myself in a in a in a lighthearted and and like loving manner and shit, but I'm still black. You know what I'm saying? Still from the hood. Still identify with all the nigga shit in the world. You get what I'm saying? Like, right. So like, I want to be able to tap into that. Like when I was talking to the producer, uh, so the producer that ended up making the majority of those beats was Enon Jacobs. He's a dude from uh, Indiana. And he was living in Ohio at the time, I think. Um, but, like, basically with him, he made 
The first beats that I got from him were The Savages and uh, Cowboys and Indians. Okay. Those were the first two beats that I got from him. And I was like, all right, this is cool because I had already started working on an album and had beats from other people. And then he gave me those two, and I'm like, I really like what I got with this. All right, now this shit is kind of overpowering. Let me figure out what else to do with the beat. So I put the, he ends up making more, a bunch of the drums on, on the album. I made some, and I'm like, really what I wanted to do is like highlight the narrative of like the black experience in a way that people could correlate it and draw direct connections to history, which is why like the titles are like the Savages, Cowboys and Indians. Those are the songs that start the album because like that's how brown people were identified. You know what I'm saying? When white people got here. Like right. as Seth, you know what I'm saying? Cowboys and Indians is was like the direct correlation between like Western expansion, manifest destiny, uh and and then the trail of tears and like the extermination of black people of literally how we're over policed in the hood the same exact way. You know what I'm saying? Modern day cowboys and Indians. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, that's what I wanted to draw the correlations because at the end of the day, I wanted it to be a project that was like digestible from like as young as however young you let your kids listen to rap music like college classrooms because like now we're talking about socioeconomic policy and like how people are identifying and relating to it in the music you know what i'm saying like one of my favorite joints on the album that i feel like people overlook because it just sounds like a stripper joint is welfare you know what i'm saying and it's like welfare is a joint because it's literally like at the time like at the height of like the stripper era when women were like I'm a rich ass stripper. I got bags, blah, 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 blah. All this shit. It's just like, but what are you doing with that money, bitch? You get what I'm saying? Like, like, what are you doing with that? Niggas are coming into the club. Niggas sell fucking coats all day to come fucking dollar bills on your ass. And you go home and do what with that? Is that money going back to the black community? Is it going to the Chinese people? Because, like, you just walked home with 40 racks. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so it was like, it was more so about like economic accountability on the surface level. It's a stripper joint. You get what I'm saying? But like, you get into the lyrics of it, it's really about like breaking down like shit from like the trauma to like the actual question like, Shorty, what you paying for it? You know what I'm saying? Like, so it was like that little shit. Like, it just kind of wanted to. Like, that was the science of, like, trying to draw direct correlations between specific points and, like, American culture and American history and how it related to black people and, like, apply, like, and give people the modern analogy of it. You get what I'm saying? So. Very good. I like that analogy. Um, so, in researching your stuff, IQ, uh, I not only listened to your music, but music you was featured on, too. And one okay. song that I, one song that I really really like was a Night Owls theme. I feel like you really, oh, like, yeah. I feel like you really bodied that. Can you can you tell me how to, um, that came about and how you linked up with Reef, the Lost Cause, and all that? Yeah, so Reef is my guy, um, and which is like crazy because that's kind of like how I knew. In a sense, once I had gotten to a certain sphere of like 
Philly MCs, you get what I'm saying? Where it was like Reese went from being like, yo, that's Reese the Lost Cause to like, Reese is my peer. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the producer was Road Gold. Harry does like a lot of dope shit. He's a live drummer. He's a drummer, but he got in the production, made a bunch of drums. Um, I actually did another one with him before that called The Speakeasy, which was a song with me, uh, Viso, and The Bull Day. And that was a good drum. That was like one that my mom liked. I don't know if if Buddy took it off like iTunes or whatever, or his distribution company or whatever. But like low key, it was whatever. It was a jam. So like he ends up coming up with another John. Like at the time, like Harry was working like kind of sporadic. So he'd be like, "Yo, I'm working on this stuff. I'm working on this. Yo, I'd love to have you come do something." And it's like, all right, whatever. So this was, I think, like. Night Out's theme was something where, like, I had heard the beat, and I was like, yo, I love that beat, like, because he had just put out the instrumental. And then he was like, yeah, I think I'm going to try and get MCs on it or whatever. So then Reef ended up doing an entire song to it. And Harry was like, yo, I like the song, but, like, you know, I'm thinking of just only giving him the second verse and having somebody else hop on the first, do you want to get on it? So I was like, all right, whatever. So, like, that second verse was already laid down. Um... And, like, part of the hook was. You get what I'm saying? So, like, the part, like, so it was basically half a hook and Reese verse. So I, my job was, like, to write basically the first part, the first verse, and then write into the song. So it was kind of easy because, like, he highlighted on stuff, and it was just, like, like the Night Owl. Like, the Night Owl, like, in Philly. All right. So, and that was the other thing. Like, I spent a lot of time on a night out, you know what I'm saying? Because in Philly, like, it's not like New York. After a certain point, the trains would stop running. And once the trains stopped running, they just ran buses. Because we only had the train that went north-south, and we had the train that went east-west. Everything else was, like, buses or trolleys in southwest. So, like, the night out would be, like, so, like, if you go to the club, you don't got a car, you go to a party, whatever, you get out, and you don't got a ride, you got to get home. Nine times out of ten, you got to get on the night out. You know what I'm saying? So, like, and I had to ride the drone from, like, if we was partying in downtown, like, I had to ride the drone all the way up to the second to last stop. You know what I'm saying? Because I live uptown. So it was, like, and even when I didn't live uptown, I lived out west, I had to ride it, like, to the second to last stop, almost. You know what I'm saying? Because I lived on on 60 or 56th Street. You know what I'm saying? Which is, like, four stops from the end of the line. You know what I'm saying? So it's, like, those entire rides, you see everything. You know what I'm saying? Those entire rides, you think about your day, you think about all the shit. So it was just like, you know what I mean? It just turned into a thing like, uh, like, yo, all right, I got something for it. <laughs> and I wrote that shit. Like, it was, it was weird. That was my first time writing into that song, like writing into somebody else's verse. You know what I'm saying? And like, so I wanted to make it sound as cohesive as possible. You know, because, like, his drone had been living for a second before Harry actually hit me up and was like, yo, hop on this drone. So. Cool, cool. That's kind of how it came about. Yeah, Reese's dope. He still does, like, he still does so much stuff in the city, man. Like, local shows. I think I had. You came to the gathering, he rock, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Definitely a memorable night, man. You know, it, I just want to share a small story, but like when me and um, IQ started kicking it, one of the first things I asked him is like, yo, you listen to Reef the Lost Cause? Because I know he was from Philly and I feel like that was like the approval stamp that I got. Like, all right, this is a legit cat right here that IQ, <laughs> IQ was thinking that when I asked him that. That is awesome, man. And it shows us a small world how music unites and connects people. <laughs> Cause yeah, I didn't ask about Meek Beans because he said something to me like right. along our along our brotherhood about that. He's like, yo, when you asked me that, like I'm glad you did because normally people out of town they'll say like Meek or Beans and jump to like the popular stuff. But I came with the dope underground artists. But yeah, I remember um, Reef the Lost Cause had rocked the gathering that night and um, IQ specifically invited me for that one. I mean, I, I pull up to most of them joints, you know, I come like here and there and stuff like that. But that one right there, he's like, yeah, you got to come to this one. So. I, had a great, great, great night that time. That is cool. Man. Nice. Um, my question for you, um, IQ, one thing that I also noticed in your, and you mentioned it earlier about the strippers, you know, they get the money and they, what are you doing with that money? Are you wasting it or are you doing something for the community or for the embedment of yourself? What I love about the records that I was listening to, you are more about the preservation and the upliftment of women especially it's like and that's not being done a lot in hip-hop today and there's been a lot of talk about you know misogyny and everything like that as far as making records towards women so why do you feel we don't get those records like that uh, as much can you hear me yeah my bad dog my, my pie's disconnected for two seconds I think that, like, part of the reason that we don't is because, like, people don't know how to express pushing for women outside of, like, like, I want to fuck, or I hate this bitch, or, like, she ain't loyal, or she a hoe. Right, you know right. And, and I think that, like, like, people, like, a lot of people don't want to tap into like what they actually are feeling you know what i'm saying i think like once you get to a certain point in the industry where people are like consuming your music you know what i'm saying you kind of like get into the a lot of cats get into the habit of a formula and like writing like what people like you know what i'm saying and like writing writing what's going to play and i think for me like the aspect of it is like I tried not to write too many songs about women in certain aspects, but, like, I feel like more dudes probably want to. You know what I'm saying? Because, I, like, I agree with you. how much we think about how much we interact with women. You feel me? <laughs> like, <laughs> and course. it's like, there's, there's, like, I know that, like, part of, like, the behavior of some of these dudes is, is operating, like, out of like a trauma response to an extent, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like they get their feelings hurt, they don't know how to express it, and then they like go fuck on a groupie, and then be like, next thing you know, bitches ain't shit. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's like mm-hmm. specific shit like that, and like not saying that's everybody, but I think that like it takes like a a more complex analysis to really be able to craft a a, a song about a woman, or even about your experiences with a woman. And like, really capture it. You know what I'm saying? You have to, you have to put the emotion and you have to put the thought into it. And like, 
some dudes just aren't doing it. Like, people do. I think, like, somebody that did... I think J. Cole did a fucking great job of it with folding clothes. You get what I'm saying? Because I agree. Like, yes, he did. Like, that's a fucking banger. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> like, because mm-hmm. it, it, it captures, like, it's, 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 it's there. Like, that's somebody that actually thought about, like, you know what I'm saying? How does she make me feel? How does this relate? How do you, you know what I'm saying? Where is everybody doesn't want to do that. And even when I wrote, like, uh, even with, like, welfare or, you know what I'm saying? Like, where it, it seems like, I remember, like, some of the feedback, like, I got from this, this woman that was, like, first listening to the album. And she was just like, you know, I don't necessarily identify it unless that's your lifestyle. And I had to break it down to her, like, this is what the song is actually about. You know what I'm saying? Like, and she was just like, oh, I mean, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, like, it's still, like, at, like, it's still, like, they almost have an automatic trauma response when they hear somebody rap the word bitch or, like, ho, or, it like, just sets you know off the saying? trigger, yeah. You know, so it, it's kind of, like, I, like, I, I can't necessarily speak to it. Like, that's my speculation of why dudes don't do it. I feel like they want to do it more, but it's just a lot easier not to. You know I what I'm saying? That. And, like, people love, people love the easy route. You know what I'm saying? Because the easy route sometimes is a lot faster, too. And right. we think about, like, longevity of, like, our artist's career. Like, some dudes, like, get tons of money real quick and burn out. But like they got their bread and they're they could fall back onto whatever other things they're gonna do if they're situated. You know what I'm saying? Other people, not so much. So I think it it just contributes to the narrative of what's easy. People like even analyzing your feelings. You get what I'm saying? And thinking about how somebody made you feel or how a woman made you feel. Like it's, especially if she upset you, it's easy right away to be like, man, fuck that bitch. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And the young girl makes a banger with it. You get what I'm saying? Like, right, so it's right. that's <laughs> that's how. <laughs> Word. So, I actually got a two part question just to wrap up. So, if you meet somebody and you're introducing them to your music, what are three songs that you would like them to hear to get a better sense of who you are as an MC? And also, more for my liking, but. What do you have planned that's coming out within the next year? Um, all right, three songs. Uh, so you, my three personal favorites. Yeah. I think, like, um, so I would play Jack the Ripper. Okay. I would play uh, Chasing Sunrises. And then, like, if I could just give them anything, I'd probably... Uh, no Dollars, No Cents? Yeah, it's got to be, like, No Dollars, No Cents. That's my job like, right there. Yeah, probably. Like, yo, and what's crazy is I think about No Dollars, No Cents, and I was thinking about uh, what else was, was on, like, in that era that I wrote. Um yeah, it was really no dollars, no cents. Was a banger. People really liked that song. Like Love that was that one. That was the one that got people going at at shows too, which was crazy. Um, and Odyssey made the beat, and I like jack grabbed that off of like a beat tape, 
like, all right, this is a jaw. Um, so yeah, probably those two. Probably Jack the Ripper, uh, the Garvey Mobile, not Chasing Sunrises, the Garvey Ro- the Garvey Mobile. I like Jack that. the Ripper, the Garvey Mobile, probably, and probably No Dollars, No Cents. Yeah, because I feel like that's like the it's like there's a. And nah, that doesn't even necessarily show the range, but I feel like after hearing those three, you'd probably want to, like, all right, what else does this guy have? <laughs> I play No Dollars, No Cents, and, like, genuinely everybody likes that song. I mean, they like most of the joints I play anyway, because what I like to do, I like to play your music and not say who it is or anything. I just like to have it in the background and maybe, like, do, like, five or six songs, and, like, nine out of ten times, be like, who's that? I'm like, yo, that's Kev. I'm like, oh shit, you know, people who know you, you know what I'm saying, within, or people even who don't will ask, like, oh, who's that? So right. You definitely do pass the litmus test of, of everybody. Oh, yeah, instantly yeah. with us when we got introduced to your music, man, we, he's like, yo, this guy's dope, man. Word. Yeah, QG, right. man, hit me up on the side. I was like, yo, man, that, this guy got some bangers. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. What's crazy is, um, so as well, I'm on contract editing a novel right now, and like, uh, Part of the dude, like part of the dude's book, like is like a, is like memoir style. Is like story based on his life and shit. At one point, he was like a rap manager or whatever, and he didn't realize that. Like, and I'm like, yo, like yeah, this that's what I do. That's my job, dog. Like, I get paid to rap when like I'm allowed to get paid to rap. You get what I'm saying? Like, but I sent him my shit, and he was just like, oh shit, yeah, yeah, you rap, yeah, you definitely got some skills. Uh, and I just think that's cool because it's like that's the one thing that I always wanted like with my music was like one longevity. The fact that like we could talk about no dollars, no cents, and that song's fifteen years old basically. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe a little less a little less, like twelve. You know what I'm saying? The song's like twelve years old, maybe thirteen. Like from when I wrote when I first wrote it, you know what I'm saying? So like it's like yeah. Like, the fact that that's still a gem is a thing. So, like, what I'm working on now is I'm, like, actually in the middle of working on an album. Um, the album... So, High IQ was one of the EPs. I don't know if y'all got into that joint, too. Um, but, but High IQ was the joint that I went on tour with, with Truck, in 2016. Right, right. It was supposed to be, like supposed to be like an introduction album to but like it got crunched up i never finished it high iq got shortened i started writing american dream and the rest is history i was coming back to high iq again but i this time is going to be high iq h-i-g-h you know and um essentially like yeah it's 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 me like trying to push one myself as an mc you know what I'm saying? I think like a lot of it, and like listening to the feedback that I got from like certain people and like looking at analytics, right? Like, cause I want everybody to listen to my music. So like right now my fan base is like 65% men. You know what I'm saying? Uh, ages 20 to the 37 or some shit like that. You know, like that's the, that's the bulk of my fan base, which is like cool. You know what I'm saying? Cause like niggas love rap. I love rap. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but like, also, I went, like, the feedback that I got from some women is like the tones and shit. So, like, 
I wanted to try and challenge myself not to write something that was so like socially constricted to uh, like what the American dream was, right? Part of the American dream was me getting that shit off of my chest. So that way, if I make any type of music before, one, there's already like, there's a palette there. Like you see that I've already dabbled in a bunch of different shit. You get what I'm saying? And two, um, it's like, that was very rap album, like hip hop album, you know what I'm saying? And I wanted to come back with like a hip hop album, kind of wanted to make it a little vibier, but I wanted to challenge myself. I have a problem writing songs that like are for a good time. You get what I'm saying? Like, I can't, like when I sit down to write, I can't write a party record. Like, or I can't write like a bop or like a top 40 drum per se. I can just write what I think feels good. So I think like with my beat selection this time, I'm taking the same concepts of like barring out on certain drums, but I'm also trying to write songs and put like different things into the music, like incorporating like uh, frequencies and like lifting vibrations and shit. And it's still telling a story. It's, it's essentially a narrative of like a young man finding his way to enlightenment and like high, ultimately high IQ. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what we get to at the end of the album and shit. So. Like, yeah, I'm, like, pushing myself creatively. Realistically speaking, like, right now, I'm, like, seven tracks in, six tracks in, seven tracks in. Uh, I want to make maybe 20 before I get it down to 12. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's kind of where I'm at with it. But that should be out by the end of the year. If not, I got a dope EP coming out. So, <laughs> All right. Yeah, and, uh, and, what, and when is that EP dropping? Oh, man, don't make me put a date on it, Rev. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what <are> you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> it drops when it drops. Just look out for it. It's, it's no, I'm, I'm, I'm only asking yeah, because no. I'm, I'm only asking because I'm looking forward to it. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know, I know. Um, so it's crazy because I've been writing a lot of music. You get what I'm saying? So it's like I don't know what's going to go where. Like part of me doing an inventory the last couple weeks and like recording and knocking drones out was like uh, I know I've been writing songs but I was kind of in a place where I was like a little depressed because I'm like yo what am I working on you know what I'm saying and it wasn't like I wasn't doing work I just wasn't organized the way that I needed to be you know what I'm saying so like I've been making beats uh, like and I had a beat on the American Dream like I made uh escapism on the american dream which is like that was like one of my personal faves too but like file got corrupted i never added a baseline but it's literally like that was my attempt at a party record you know what i'm saying and like the reality of the situation is when i make like feel good party records like that like it still feels good but like it's still a fucking rap song so you know what i'm saying try it like i want to take the approach of like less is more not like less but like challenging myself to say what I need to very concisely um, and still rhythmically. You know what I'm saying? It's just like pushing the boundaries. The EP will probably be like whatever I decide. Like if I get to a certain point and I and I find and capture the vibe and like connect the dots uh, like on the album, 
Like, it'll probably be the stuff that I start scrapping. It might be, like, I honestly want to just do a drum where I just put out an EP of the songs that I made. Uh, like, yeah. with the I made, problem is some of that shit's really good and going on the album. So, <laughs> like, I got to figure out. It's just, it's just really getting organized, you know what I'm saying? I'm excited about the project because, like, it's not like I'm chasing five beats. Like, it's because I'm not. Like, and I was just talking about it, like, uh, me and T were talking about like Cole's album. Did y'all listen? Oh yeah, uh, yes sir. Absolutely. Ran through that joint, man. Awesome album. Yeah. So, all right. Here's, here's and this is well, whatever. This is an interview, and this is no disrespect or whatever. But I think maybe because it's like I'm in album mode, I got like two tracks in when I was in the shower, and it just wasn't what I was looking for. You get what I'm saying? Okay. And like. So I, I got out and I turned beats on and I probably just need to sit with it. But also, like, I knew I probably didn't want to listen to J. Cole's album right now while I'm working on my album. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, there's not, like, a direct... I feel like we think similarly in certain paths and shit, but at the same time, we're, like, completely two different artists. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to be influenced and I don't want to be discouraged from, like, working on something because I heard him say something or, like, whatever like i don't want to sit rework on shit and like also right. like the beats weren't the beats that i was like looking for per se like you know what i'm saying like i think it was cool like niggas put the cam john and then like you know what i'm saying like but like whatever like is this where we at right now and i'm like all right like that's not what i was expecting probably either especially as uh as well produced as Forest Hills Drive was, you know. Okay. So, like, Technically, yeah. yeah I, or not? For was that the last joint? Well, Forest Hills Forest Drive. Hills, last no, joint? no, it, it was it was Kod. Kod, yeah. Yeah, Kod. That's what I mean. Yeah, especially with a lot of the shit that he hit sonically. Kod is very rich. You get what I'm saying? Like. Cool. You don't necessarily. I don't like everything on it, but like sonically, you know what I'm saying. Just in terms of like how the sounds lined up, I wasn't crazy about all that shit. Golden Clothes was on what Forest Hills Drive and shit. Was I that, believe so. That was on. Right. So like between those last two albums, I felt like he did a lot of shit, like production wise, that was cool. Like again, I only got two tracks in and shit, and the first two tracks. Like, it wasn't what I was looking for at the time. And I just turned it off and put on some beats and shit. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, played something else to cleanse the palate. But, like, everybody's going crazy for it. And, like, my girl was saying, like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know why. Like, she was like, I feel like niggas like J. Cole. I was like, for one, like, niggas like J. Cole because we see, like, his growth. And we see that he's, like, he's, he puts effort into his craft you know what i'm saying and like he says some cool shit but also he he identifies as a nigga and niggas identify with niggas like we know when we're listening to a nigga that we can identify with you know what i'm saying so he says shit that we can identify with but like in terms of she was like so when's the last thing that you heard j cole say and i'll pose this question to y'all what's the last thing that you y'all heard j cole say that made y'all say oh shit you know what I'm saying? Um, the last thing that, that he said that made me go shit was when I listened to Neighbors. 
the whole song. Oh, neighbors is fucking right. Right. Yes. Neighbors is a banger. What, is it, what about you, man? Um, what album was I, Neighbors on? What album that was, was Neighbors on? That was on Deja Vu, which which was the album after uh, Forest Hills Drive. Okay. Cool. I got, yeah, see, and like, I be getting them mixed up and shit. He's got an outstanding production rate. Always has. You know what I'm saying? Output very high. Not so much when... He's in like this artist, like professional basketball player mode. But you remember, like Jake Cole used to slap niggas with like multiple mixtapes every quarter. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And then, and then the album every year. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, so yeah. But what's the? What about you, Everest? What's the last thing you heard uh, Cole say that made you say, "Oh shit"? Or what's the last thing you heard about him? Well, actually, off the recent album when he was talking about. Um, have more M's than the Slim Shady video. I thought that was pretty catchy. He's had a couple. Um, I know you didn't get deep into the album, but um, he kind of just started uh going back with the punchlines a little bit on this last joint. Um, I would say just give it a little listen. It's like uh forty minutes. I actually finished it on my way to work. So, yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. Yeah, but I I really enjoyed I can't, um. I can't do it right now. Right, right. I, yeah, no, 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 I feel you. You were in a different space. You know, you got the album. No, I completely agree. When you had said that, I, I can definitely, definitely identify with it because it's like, you know, you got your thing going. You got your thing cooking. So it's like, you know, you minimize like certain things you hear from the outside too, you know, especially an artist like him. You know what right. I'm saying? So I completely understand right, 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 right. it. Like, um, I think like, part yeah. of me was listening, like, too, when I went, I was going to listen because I wanted to hear production-wise, like, what he was doing, you know what I'm saying, just to get an idea, you right. know what I'm saying? And like the first couple of drums, like the first two drums start off how they start. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. Like I can listen to something else. My ears need something different today. Um, so. Word. Um, but nah, go ahead. Um, I was going to say like K- KOD. Um, I like the window pane a lot. The outro. I'm a big fan of like intros and outros. Yeah. That's why um, when he did have the camera on feature on this last intro and it kind of sounded reminiscent of Cameron's original intro and Cam was actually talking about it. Right. You know, it, it caught me off right. guard, but I, I actually enjoyed it. I, I, like I said, I love intros and outros and I feel like that's really like where you stamp the album at and everything else is kind of like the meat and potatoes, but you know, you definitely got to have your drink and your dessert with it. <laughs> right, right. But um, yeah, as far as like, you know, your stuff, you want to work on the EP and you need uh, some song choices there, you know, you could use a little uh, the screenshot I sent you of the joints that I sent the homies and stuff like that, the little reverend cuts over there. Yo, listen, listen, e, did I send you, did I send you the, uh, and like, honestly, I fuck with y'all enough to like, at this point, I could send y'all the fucking, uh, the little events that I sent out to the producers. Oh, hey, try and get a vibe for the uh back half of the drum and shit um because it's like yeah it's like six in and like yeah we gotta yeah i'm interested on on y'all takes like and i part of me wishes like i sent it to y'all before this and shit but like he doesn't even have it i don't think so um yeah i'll send that to y'all i'll definitely send that to y'all looking forward to it yeah definitely looking forward to it yeah Right, where yeah, that shit? Actually, here, matter of fact, yeah, I'm going to start putting it together because I'm on my Mac now. And it's nice. already, like, put together. You know what I'm saying? I sent one out already. So I'll just send another one out to y'all right now. 
Dope, dope. Yeah, after we wrap the pod up, we'll give you the uh, emails and I'll start listening to it in the car because I actually got to take a trip in a little bit. So that's going to pop right in. I'm sure Jess going to enjoy it. She always does. Yeah. I'm going to send, yeah, I'll send it to you. uh, Well, here's the zip. You know what you can do? I'm going to send it to your phone right now on iMessage. Oh, okay. Uh, And you can just open the link and forward that link to them. And then, bang. Thank you, sir. So, um, IQ, it's, it's been a pleasure. Um, can you um, let everybody know where they can find you on uh, social media? For sure. All my uh, social media is the same, AI underscore Q-U-E. That's uh, Facebook. Not Facebook. That's uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, whatever, all that shit. Uh, and then... Um, let me see my uh, Facebook. Yeah, well, yeah. If you get to one of those profiles, you can get to the rest because I got a link tree in my bio. In my bio, you click the link tree, it'd be like, bam, here's my shit. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, yeah, so nope. AI underscore Q U E. Okay, and um, like we do with every guest who has music on on the pod, um, we're gonna link your music in the uh, episode description so people could check you out. So uh, definitely, we, we'll, we'll be promoting your stuff, man. Yeah, I appreciate this conversation. This was, uh, you know what I'm saying? You guys are killing it, for real. Like, Thank you, like sir. You're doing the due diligence of actually doing the research, asking the questions, not goofy-ass questions. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, not saying that's what I was expecting, but, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you never know. <laughs> that the questions are going to be that in depth. Like, oh yeah, we we never we we never bring somebody on to interview them about their about their stuff and not and not you know not not listen to their stuff. So absolutely, yeah. we Which spent, like makes me it, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, nah, I was saying. I was saying we we, we spent yeah we we spent the whole week leading up to this interview just listening to your stuff. Um, once he said that he, he was able to uh, connect with you and get you uh, on the show, um, he, he immediately sent us uh, your, your mixtape on that Piff, and then I looked you up on Apple Music and found you. So I just spent all week just listening to, to your stuff, bro, and it's, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I think I appreciate it. I want to, like, I just want to get better. <laughs> Whatever, however better is defined. I think that's, like, my own personal growth and journey and shit. But, like, that's what I'm, like, I appreciate that y'all, like, really listened and, like, digested it the way that, like, I wrote it. He digested it. You know what I'm saying? Like. Our pleasure, man. Thank you. That's what's up. Yeah, but we appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your schedule to stop by, my man. Uh, nah, this is this is like yeah, anytime. Like hopefully once the the John's out at the end of the year and all that shit, I get to come back and rap with y'all again. We can talk about it. Yeah, we <laughs> we we'd love to have you on again, bro. Not a problem. What about? Yeah, man, this is dope. Yeah, this is dope, and I'll definitely like link everybody to this because this is a good conversation to be shared. And y'all, like you know, what I'm saying y'all need to be the hip hop journalist. Like, fuck with everybody else. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we working, baby. We trying. <laughs> we are. We working. We working. Yeah, man. Mo- yeah, most definitely. Up. 